Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast, an audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast. My name is Andrew Roberts, and I'm here with my co-host, Matthew Teifke. That's right, baby. How you doing today? All good, man. Feeling good. Good. I'm, uh, I was in Ohio for That's a right. funeral for my grandpa. Yeah. Um, I got to give a quick shout out to him. He's a great guy. Man, so played for the Ohio State Buckeyes in yeah. the 40s, Air Force, uh, World War II, went on 22 missions. That's awesome. Owned a bowling alley for 56 years and prided himself on having the cleanest bathrooms in town. That's, I mean, that's huge. Right. Honestly, yeah. if you go to any sort of a business, if the bathrooms are bad, yeah. you don't want to go there again. These were clean. Oh, man. So That really yeah. says something. Yeah, so uh, pretty cool. I mean... He was the mayor for a little bit. There was probably 500 people that came to the funeral, and everyone spoke so highly of him. So that's cool. I love hearing about people like that are just so diverse and like yeah, so well loved. You know, right? He was uh, sounds like truly a man of the people. He was, and uh, my brother asked him for some advice. He said, "Talk to people." That's awesome. Like so simple but yeah i've never i've literally never heard someone give that piece of advice yeah and, just talk and to he people. lived it i remember when i went to like a grocery store or anything with him he would talk to everyone and like make them laugh like just buying a prescription at the counter he'd end up talking to them for 10 minutes that's so awesome and everyone loved it yeah it was pretty amazing that's so rare today you know like it's really it means a lot whenever someone goes out of their way or takes the time out of their day to just really invest in that moment with you. So right. that's that's really cool. Yeah. I love that advice. What position did he play in football? Uh, he played center. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Tough guy. Yeah. That's cool, man. Pretty that's cool. That's cool. Well, you know, I'm sorry for the loss, but glad you guys got to, to see him. And obviously, he's got a great family, you know. If if you came from that lineage, <laughs> well, thank I you. know he's a good guy. We named so our our baby boy. His middle name is Howard. So yeah. George Howard Tyfke and uh, his great grandpa's name was Howard Tyfke, and he got to meet him. That's so awesome. That's pretty special. That's great, man. That's great. Well, to segue into today's episode, we have another great guy on the podcast whom you introduced me to. His name is Mr. Aaron Gordy. And he is a real estate investor here in, in Austin, and uh, he's done some in the San Antonio area. And he's just a really great dude. We, really, I mean, I enjoyed talking to him, having him on the podcast. Yeah, he's awesome, man. Uh, we own a house together. He's just a hardcore entrepreneur. Yeah. Like, I consider myself hardcore entrepreneur, but he's even on the next level. Like, just putting these crazy things together and... Flipping houses and taking risks, and uh, you know some of them I look at for me, I'm like that's too risky. But then he goes and pulls them off, and I'm like, man, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you did. Yeah, yeah. From talking to him, it seems like he's not really scared of anything. You no, know? Like, he's not. He He'll, like just wants to to try something new. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and he's super smart. He's traveling to Miami and New York and meeting people. It's pretty cool to just sit back and watch what he's doing, and I'm excited to see where he goes. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible to hear his story and everything that he's been through to get to the point where he's at today. And you know, he just—you can tell—he's a guy that really just enjoys life and and loves what he does. And for the listeners, if you have kids in the car while you're listening to this, 
Um, maybe maybe turn the volume down or, or give them some earmuffs. It's a few bad words in this episode, but it's great and it you know it really just uh, shows Aaron's love for what he does and for the real estate industry. So yeah, absolutely. It, he's a uh, he's doing it, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode. Stick around to the end. This podcast is provided by Tree Homes Property Management. If you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, whether it's one episode or half an episode, you've probably figured out that Matt, my co-host, owns this company, Tree Homes Property Management, and I am his marketing director for that company. And what we do is we help real estate investors and homeowners with their full-service property management. So that includes finding renters. That includes collecting rent and depositing it into your bank account. And that includes full maintenance on all of your properties, making sure they're up to code, making sure that you're getting the most out of your investment. So that's what we do. We love it. We fully believe in everything that we do. And you know, our mission here is really just to provide homeowners and renters a world-class property management service. And you know, our vision is to create and facilitate opportunities for financial freedom. Like that's the goal with our company, and that's why we created this podcast. If you guys have any questions about our company or what we do, feel free to look us up online. Our website is www.trehomes.com. That's tree with one e homes.com. If you're thinking about getting invested in real estate or have some properties that you already own, we are happy to help in any way that we can. Whether that's just hopping on a phone call or corresponding through email with some free advice. Just let us know. We're happy to be your go-to guys. Aaron Gordy, welcome to the Young Wild Financially Free Podcast. Thank you for for being here. I just kind of want to want to jump right into it. So we wanted to have you on. Um, you're a real estate investor. You're involved in uh, real estate in the Austin market. But tell us where you're from, how you ended up in Austin, um, a little bit of your background. Sure. I grew up as a, as a little boy in East Texas. Um, my dad was a carpenter and a CPA. And I kind of grew up around the trades. Um, yeah, and uh, my mom remarried to an electrician, so I've been around the trades most of my life. And I uh, grew up as a teenager in PAT, Port Arthur, Texas. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. In that then. area. That's awesome. Right, and yeah. so after that, how did you how did you make your way to, to Austin? Austin, sure. Yeah. I, I studied at Lamar University in economics and government. And then I uh, came up to UT to go to grad school and uh, studied the library and information science, which is my, my focus was on competitive intelligence. So I feel like I can come up with unearth most, most things out there. Gotcha. Sure. Cool. Yeah. So school at UT, um, and then you just, you loved it here, you couldn't leave? I was with this lady who was then my wife, and uh, long story short, we were recruited out to go to New York, but she didn't want to leave Austin, so stuck around. I saw that the uh, Austin market was doing really well. And um, I decided going to real estate. I have a brother-in-law that was doing commercial real estate in Houston, Texas, and he was pulling down some sick numbers. And I was just thought, dude, what the hell? So here I am in real estate. You know, first of all, I started off doing apartment leasing, believe it or not. Uh, I wanted to get my feet wet in the business, right? You got to know what you're talking about. And so I started off in apartment leasing. I realized that you can make good money as an apartment locator. So I started up an apartment locating company. Um, and we did real well with that. And then um, bought, sold uh, many houses along the way. Learned a lot of lessons along the way. Um, uh, and then um, started up a company doing uh, vintage, res- vintage residential equity, which is primarily dealing with uh, investments because as a, as a as apartment locator, you realize that there are, um, you know, you start to understand that the real money to be made in this business 
It's not from brokerage. It's not from you know leasing or whatever. It's from owning property. Gotcha. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And um, so um, I might have missed it, but so what were you doing before real estate? Because you got uh, your degree in economics. What yeah. was your master's in? A library in information science with a focus on competitive intelligence. Okay, and what did you want to? And that was at was UT. It? UT is number uh, is ranked in the top ten in the United yeah. States. Yeah, just saying, you know, just putting it out there. Yeah, I feel much dumber uh, now being full. around you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, what was the what was the goal with that degree? Like, what did you? Well, what I wanted to do is go work on Wall Street. Tell you the truth, man. And they they had recruiters from uh, J.P. Morgan and so forth recruiting us from that area, that niche. But my ex wanted to be here in Austin. And at the time, we had bought a duplex rather off of uh, Burleson Road, and which she still has and is doing very well with it. Oh, cool. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you learn lessons, you know. Sure. And um, I went from there, and um, I went straight to Dell, and I worked at Dell. They hired me out of, out of school, you know. After, like I said, uh, after a couple months, after like, uh, I think about a year or so, after chatting with my uh, my brother-in-law, I realized that I was grinding away all the time and uh, not making nearly the same amount of money that he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I kind of had the same revelation, so to speak, of <clears throat> realizing the success that, you know, one can have in real estate. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had these dreams. I went to school to work in pro sports. Um, I got a degree in sports management and then, you know, quickly realized after graduation that it was tough to break into that field. And even if I would still have to be working for years and years and years and, um, you know, the promise of financial freedom with real estate and investing in real estate um, is really what got me hooked and uh, I guess bought into to that dream, so to speak. Cool. Maybe add also that um, I had an epiphany whenever I had uh, my, my, my ex's grandfather he worked at the refineries there in Port Arthur for a long time, his whole life, really. And as a as a boilermaker of sorts, he he worked all his life there. But along the way, he managed to buy a couple of rental properties, you know. He and then he built a duplex, and he made much more money at the end of the day from those investment properties than his retirement. So his retirement was nothing right. after after 30 something years. And that in itself uh, just spoke volumes to me, you know. I, I decided that, hey man, if I wanted to retire, if I want to do well, even after slaving away at somebody else's business, it, it makes sense to buy rental properties along the way or go into the business of owning rental properties outright so you don't have to worry about the man or whatever, you know. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so. I love it. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Seeing that, you know, had that influence on you. Yeah, totally firsthand, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he was going to Vegas, what, six times a year, just gambling, oh, wow. gambling away with this extra money. Sure, yeah. yeah. And as a retiree, could. you couldn't do that. There's right. no way, man. But here they were, just spending money left and right. So that, you know, made a big mark, for sure. That's awesome. Well. Very cool. Very cool. So your first property that you bought, like... Yeah. How did you go through that process? Um, did you know anything about real estate? Did you just jump in? Like, walk us through what was going through your mind. I know you said that you saw what he did. Is that really what triggered it? And then, like, you're like, yes. I want to go buy. And how did you do that? Like, for people that have never bought, what, what was going through your mind at that time? What I like to do is, uh, you know, there's a saying that um, you try to go into any sort of project with as little money down as possible. All right. So I'm a veteran. I was in the army back oh, in the day. Oh, thank yeah. you for your service. Yeah. Good fun, man. In Germany for two years. Yeah. 
Drunk, drunk, drunk. Drunk, drunk, drunk. Yeah. So I bought a I bought a duplex um, off of Burleson uh, near Otwarf, south southeast. Um, now that whole area is going through this major gentrification as well, which is amazing. But we bought a duplex over there. I'm a veteran, and so we bought it zero down. And at the time, I wasn't a real estate agent, so we paid the realtor a fee for that. But um, bought it zero down, and then we had a tenant on the other side that was Section Eight, and she stayed there for about eight years, a long time. It was just a great relationship, man. Yeah. It was real good, and. Um, now, what what my ex does with it? It, I mean, she's turned out. It's turned out really well for her. We bought it for eighty grand, and now it's worth probably about three fifty or so. Oh, yeah. This is over an eighteen year period of time. Sure. That's hot, man. Yeah. You know, what she does with the, she she realized through you know lots of talking with me that the highest and best use for that space on the side and its location to downtown, you know, the airport, etc. That's better to run is an Airbnb. So she's, so she's renting out the other side Airbnb and she's doing it very well with that. That's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. she works part time in the city of Austin. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part time. Yeah. That's so cool. And does real well. So back then you weren't um, interested. Were you interested in being a real estate agent at that time or? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. And so what made that transition from like, because I know that getting invested in real estate was kind of what, I guess, sparked the interest in the industry in the first place. What At what point did you think, I want to start working as an agent and why did you want to do that? Well, whenever I, I chatted with my brother-in-law that was doing very well with real estate in Houston, I realized that that would be much better to, to go into that business. He was making six digits, you know, easy every year and working, you know, six months out of the year. Gotcha. So it just made sense for me to, to venture that direction. You know, of course, I didn't know anything about commercial real estate, and I didn't really want to try to pursue that. I really wanted to just put my toes in and see what it's all about first, you know. Sure. And that's where I got started. Awesome. Yeah. Since the first one that you got, walk mm-hmm. us through the, the deals you did after that. And, and for people that have never done a deal, we always say that mistakes are going to be made. And you've, you've obviously made some, but oh, that's yeah. part of the deal. You yeah, learn to get better. Uh, walk us through some of those mistakes and some of the hardcore deals if you can. Yeah, sure. You know, along the way you learn from your mistakes and as you, as you learn from your mistakes and it's important to, is to have, uh, uh, an accounting of those, of those deals as well. You know, m- you know, make a little diary about it, make a little, you know, make some notes about it so that you can go back and revisit that when you have, you know, uh, so you learn, you know, you l- really learn from your mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. And it's important to know that because otherwise you're just repeating it sometimes. You know, you, you remember the painful things, but then you don't remember the, the less obvious things, you know. Some of the deals I put off, um, I wouldn't recommend it for most people. Because my background is construction uh, with my dad's, dad's, then I feel comfortable around the construction trades okay. and, uh, you know, getting things done. So I picked up some real loyal clients from that as well. My first deal was um, that was real complicated was um, uh, it was a foreclosure of sorts. Actually, we had bought it from a, a guy who was flipping houses, and he, he got into something he couldn't really, um, it was too much for him. It was a house over there at 1706 Deerfield, uh, right off of um, Otwarf, off of Woodlands mm-hmm. Avenue uh, near 35 yeah. in that neighborhood over there. We bought it for uh, 185 grand. At the time, it was a bargain. The neighborhood was going for about 225. And so now things are in the fives. 
There was all kinds of issues with it. The bamboo uh, was out of control in the, in the backyard. There was a meth head living there. There oh. was um, sheetrock holes, uh, you know, everywhere, sure. as you could imagine. It was inherited uh, property, and the, the meth head was living there, and, it, you know, he just let things go. Yeah. <laughs> As those type of people tend to let things go. And um, let's see, there was holes in the in the floor. Um, there were just, uh, it was a mess. I had um, I had a contractor fall in. A good friend of mine, a good friend of mine. He fell in to, up to his knees in the floor, on the second floor, because oh. uh, it was a two-story pit, uh, split-level house. Really? Yeah, yeah it was crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then on top of it, you know, it would have foundation issues. There were seven inches of variance from one side of the house to the other, 1,800 square foot. On this house, it's, it's, it's seven inches off left to right. There was some. There was a little bit of a crack in the side of the house, and there was some bees going into it. I had no idea how. You know, I had. You know, I didn't know. You know, I didn't know what that's about. You know, I just know there was bees going into the house. Right. I didn't think anything twice about it. Well, man, that beehive was six foot in diameter. Okay. Ugh. So when we were jacking up that foundation, right? Yeah. Those bees got po'd. So they went around stinging everybody there. I had to call off the entire crew. We had a crew about seven people out there. I had to call off the entire crew, and those bees were going around stinging the neighbors. Jeez. I shit you not, right? And then, and then uh, the lady right across the street, she she was pissed. Yeah, naturally, she was getting yeah. stung, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what she did, she called Fox News on my ass. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Crazy man. Yeah. Yeah. So Fox News came out and you know put the hammer on me. Yikes. Yeah. I called off the entire crew. You know, I had no idea how bad it was really. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's all about doing the right thing, man. If you do the right thing by everybody along the way, if you do, I mean, you do your damnness, man, to do the right thing uh, all all the time, man, then things tend to, to, to come back around to the positive. Yeah. You know, for sure. For sure. So in this situation, I called every pest control in the city. Shit, you know, man. I called, I got on the phone and just called and called and called. Everybody wanted to uh, exterminate them, right? Okay. Well, I know that bees are, uh, you know, uh, you know, bees are precious around Central Texas, right. man. You know, uh I don't think they're in a dangerous list, but I know that, you know, it's a, it's a big, big deal around here. Yeah. So what I did is I called, um, I found this guy, Brandon Ferencamp, who was an assistant up there at UT. Somehow I got his telephone number. I don't remember how, but I got his telephone number, and he's a beekeeper, come to find out. Okay. He has a bee farm out there in Elgin at the time. So he came out and uh, smoked out the bees, and that beehive was six foot in diameter on the wall. Jeez. The biggest beehive I've ever seen. That's crazy. Yeah, it was huge. It was yeah. huge. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. So. So again, you got to do the right thing, right? So what I did is I took that honey. Uh, I got a bunch of honey from that. So I went around to all the neighbors there. Oh, that's and I so passed awesome. out hummer, uh, pass out honey to all these people. That's so awesome. Yeah. Uh, Matt and I both agree with you that like, you know, doing the right thing is the right thing and it'll come back to you. You know, karma is a real thing. And that's a theme that we've seen um, with people we've had on this podcast and, you know, just yeah. working, you know, as adults now and uh, in this industry that like, you know, when you do the right thing, it'll, it'll come back around and, yeah. If you do the wrong thing, that'll come back around too. Totally. So, so on this on this deal, this foreclosure, were you the general contractor? Yeah. Okay. And the broker. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. So you felt comfortable being the GC because of your background. Yeah. Awesome. Were you able to save money on on that aspect of? Because obviously you were the broker, and then the the GC, and so you didn't have to pay a GC, right? You know, I was a GC. I wasn't the owner. But, oh, okay. Yeah. But Iris, my friend, she's my dear friend. 
she she was the owner and she paid all the fees and you know she didn't skimp on paying the fees because she knows she knows that if you do right by your people then they'll take care of you, you gotcha know? so that was a great fun endeavor she still owns that property okay yeah and now it's worth half a mil did she use it as her primary residence or was it no. a rental it's a rental cool yeah awesome mm-hmm. i think now she's getting about twenty eight hundred dollars in rent yeah that's yeah. a, a good area yeah cash flowing like crazy That's which awesome. is awesome and she works part-time at acc <laughs> tell you man yeah that's awesome <laughs> that's so cool i mean and she's like... and she's a real estate investor now she owns several quite a few properties here in the city that's awesome yeah and again if you do the right thing man it comes back around now she, she'll back me for most deals if i can bring a deal to her and it seems like real complicated she can't handle it and i'll say hey man back me on this she'll do it Right. Case in point, we bought a house. Uh, she and I, we bought a duplex that uh, it was on the market uh, for damn near a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, people just pass it up. And um, I'm not going to talk about the details because it's on the market right now. We're trying to sell it. Sure. But uh, we're, we're doing real well with it. We awesome. will do real well with it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So would you say that you're fairly comfortable with, with taking risks? Yeah, totally. But let me add also that I don't mind taking risks, but as you as you pull off each endeavor, you're, you know, and you learn from your mistakes, you're able to take on more risk. Yeah. Because you understand, hey, that's not so that's not so bad, you know, that's not so bad, I can handle that. Right. Know? But then there, it allows you to take on more creative projects. For sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. The more comfortable you get, and the more knowledge you gain, the the more you feel yeah. good with with taking yeah. those risks. It's more yeah. of a calculated risk as opposed to just a shot in the dark. Yeah. But then again, you know, sometimes you know, uh, you, know you you get put in a position where you've taken on too much risk. So it has to be calculated. And sometimes, you know, this is where it's very important. If you bring in partners, make sure that your partners understand the situation. Sure and understand everything of what you're trying to achieve because sometimes yeah. when you get into the middle of a project she is the fan man you have no idea what 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 could happen you know you open up the walls and holy shit man all the two by fours are rotten you know yeah. you know it's just all kinds of it, it, that wasn't part of the budget you right know? and then all of a sudden you're you're in a situation where damn man my budget's blown about 30 grand sure. you know right and you got to have a partner that says you know what man i got your ass yeah. you know i got you you yeah. know Matt and I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> you know, the most recent deal that we went in on together, um, yeah. you know, it, it didn't go according to plan, which, you know, a lot of deals don't. And I was the one who was, you know, feeling a little scared and nervous. And, uh, you know, Matt was there to support me through that and, yeah. uh, you know, back me and kind of, I guess, reassure me that the risk that we were taking was, was calculated and that it was still a good deal. And so... Yeah. We 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. Going along with risk, um, when I was a kid, uh, like growing up, I was not taught to take risks at all. Like I was taught to, you know, play it safe, you know, work for work for a dollar and save it and retire when you're 60. And now that I have started working in the real estate industry, um, and even you know, previous in previous years, I've learned that if I was to do that, it would one be a boring life and two i'd have to work until i was 60 were you raised to to play it safe or were you raised to to be risky well that's a that's an interesting thing you know they teach us in in school 
you know, they, the whole school system is kind of fucked, really. You know, they don't they don't teach you about personal finance for one. Yeah. You know, they don't teach you about credit scores, how important that shit is. You know, and they don't, they teach you to play it safe. Mm-hmm. They really teach you to play it safe. How can we teach you how to go out and get a job? You know, you hear about it all the time, man. That's what they teach. You know, you go to school, you go to graduate school. They say, hey, you know, all these companies are going to recruit you. And this is what you can expect at the, at the end of the day in terms of pay. You know. Right. And the whole fucking mentality is based upon that, really. Of not taking risk, mm-hmm. you know, and, and but that's bullshit because America is based upon, in my in my opinion, capitalism is based upon people taking risk, mm-hmm. you know, and if you take the risk, the reward better be there, you know. Right. So um, yeah, in terms of my own personal experiences, is it's kind of interesting. My dad was a CPA and he worked for himself. And so he was always taking risk, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's calculated because he's a CPA. But at the same time, you know, it's calculated. He's out on his own all the time. My dad worked as an electrician at DuPont, and they took real good care of him all the time. Yeah. But again, it's, it's, it was safe, you know, right. yeah. real safe. So, you know, we took interesting vacations with my, with my real dad, and we took less crazy vacations with my uh, stepdad. Gotcha. I.e., we went to Alaska and and with my real dad. Yeah. There's bears and shit, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas my stepdad wasn't so wasn't so risky. Gotcha. But he flew airplanes, so he was able to take risks. But it was, it was more calculated. Sure. sure. Love them both. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Having those two, you know, male figures in your life and looking up to them, and so seeing those risks, were you able to, I guess, easily transfer that into your own adulthood and? And investing in real estate and things like that. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. I mean, you learn to take risk along the way. In my mind, I think it's important to build up an income portfolio so that as you build up the income, you're able to take on more risk to, to offset the, you know, the expenses going to another project. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially if you don't have a partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't want to be caught with the hard money or <laughs> something crazy along Right. Mm-hmm. Talk us through what you got going on these days and what you're working towards, goals and plans for this year and next year. How are, yeah. you, how are you looking at the market as well? Well, um, Austin is doing exceptionally well. You know, uh, you know, this latest stats came out saying that Austin is booming once again. I think the city of Austin's median house and price increase has been was like 8.1%. I mean, that's insane. Mm-hmm. That's really insane. So what I have going on right now is I have a project I'm selling after one year uh, for capital gains purposes, and we want to reinvest that in something else. That was my buddy Iris, you know, and I, and we're looking at projects. Um, depends on, I mean, she's put down a lot of money, so I have to take that into consideration of what kind of projects we're going to take on. We're thinking about some small apartment building, you know, you know, something like that. But right. then there's there's possibilities of, you know, land on the outskirts of the city. There's all kinds of different uh, avenues to go, you know. I am even pick his, Matt's brain about, um, you know, retail deals, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Mm-hmm. I have that going on. And then I have a house in Hutto that I'm trying to flip with a cousin. Actually, you know, I like what we had chatted about, Matt, about keeping that as a rental property over time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my cousin put up the money, so I have to go with what he's thinking, you know. Sure. So that's that. Yeah. Uh, and again, man, it's all about doing the right thing all the time. If you do the right thing all the time, even when the shit hits the fan, you try to do right by your partners all the time, man. And maybe some scary fucking moments, man. But uh, if you do right, then um, you can always pull that partner down the road mm-hmm. for something else. And it's just, it's just a better thing, you know. It's always good to be above board 
play the high ground all the time, you right. know, because shit does hit the fan. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah, I've talked to a couple of people that um, like raise money from partners, and yeah. they said no matter what you do, you always pay your investors, yeah. even if you lose money, because then you can still go back to them and do more deals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for example, right, I have a project going on right now, man, that I'm trying to sell. But if it doesn't sell, it's uh, South First and Otorf. And um, if it doesn't sell, then we'll keep it as a rental. We were trying to build a, um, uh, we were trying to build an ADU back on the back, and um, the city of Austin is causing us havoc. Well, you know, you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta do the right thing by your partners all the time. So you always gotta think, okay, even though I've put up all this time and money into it, you always gotta think, okay, my partners put up more money, so what's his best interest? So you always gotta be picking their brains, you know. So it's always about communication with that person and, and keeping lines open and just chatting all the time, you mm-hmm. know, all the time. Yeah. So that's an endeavor in itself. Right. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. We we talk about all the time the importance of relationships and, you know, whether uh, the benefit comes uh, immediately from cultivating that relationship and, and like we've been saying, being a good person or it you know it comes to fruition later down the road. It kind of goes back to what you're saying about about karma and you know, maintaining that relationship with, with whoever you're in business with or whether you're not in business with them. Yeah. If I, I mean, I go back to about me and Matt, you know, growing up together and, you know. Oh, being, you guys grew up together? We did. Oh, no yeah. shit. Yeah, we've known each other since we were seven years old, so. Oh, right on. Yeah. Um, but I go back to that and how if I had been a jerk to Matt when we were growing up or, uh, you know, not treated him well, then I wouldn't have a job opportunity to work for this company and we wouldn't have been able to go in on deals together. Um, and so just in, the importance of relationships is huge, you know, because we had that good relationship. Now, you know, benefit is coming from it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. but I also want to touch on how do you balance, I guess, your investment career, but then also working as a realtor? I mean, is the main benefit from having your license, um, your own investments? You know, that's a tough question, you know, because I go back and forth, really, and it's, that's a tough one. As a broker, man, it's all about finding deals and doing right by your people, you know. If you're in the middle of a deal, you have all this money flowing out, and it's always a catch-22 there because at the end of every construction project, man, I'm like, dude, my pipeline's small, you know, so I got to go out there and do brokerage and shit, you know, bro- just try to figure out ways to make money. Sure. But if you're as a broker all the time, you know, or agent all the time, you always, you know, you always have a pipeline going. You always have to think about your partners as well. If you're, if you're, so you can't really do both. So you, you get to be spread too thin sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very cautious of, uh, cautious of your position in my mind, really. Gotcha. You know, yeah. Always. For sure. Yeah. But along the way, you learn from a lot of different people as well, right? Mm-hmm. About keeping properties for a long time. And it's important to be a student of the market. Not not just Austin, but just a student of the whole real estate game, you know. And, um, you know, go back and study the grades, man, you know, who have been who have been through this path before, who, who, who have done this stuff before, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not... Even though Austin is booming and we have new houses going up all the time, man, that we're not we're not we're not Christopher Columbus here, man. We're not doing new things here. Right. You know? All we're doing is just just you know learning. From, in my mind, I'm learning from people that have been on this path before. Right. Go back and study the grades, man. You know. Mm-hmm. You know we got um, 
Harry Helmsley, you know, who I'm a big fan of from New York City, man. He started buying real estate whenever he was a kid. He didn't even go to college, by the way. 18 years old, he started buying real estate, man. The guy was the richest motherfucker in New York City. <laughs> Serious, man. Yeah. Man. Serious. He was a bad motherfucker, man. Right, you know? yeah. He learned about, the, he, you know, he was, he, was, he was a great guy, man. Mm-hmm. And he was always about doing the right thing about people over the time. Yeah. Um, you know, go back and study the, you know, like, here in the city. Well, I don't know. Um, Trammell Crowe. Trammell Crowe is a big developer out of Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, and he did deals on handshakes. Unfucking believable. You yeah. Know? That's a rare thing, man. Yeah. That's a rare thing. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And we're not talking about small potato shit, man. He built apartment deals one after another after another. He built uh, the, uh, M- what is it, the M- Bogardo over in San Francisco. Dude, that's a huge fucking development, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's no joke handshake deals right unbelievable Gerald Hines out of Houston you know he does major things he's been doing this for fucking 40 years man yeah he's a great in my mind yeah. you know and now he's passed that business on to his son right. that is a great they'll go back and study those guys you know those guys or to me are the major players these people that are you know talk about making millions on you know brokerage they're full of it you know, they're really full of it because at the end of the day, in my mind, if you do brokerage left and right, left and right, right, they don't fucking understand that you pay more in taxes. You know, at the end of the day, you pay so much shit in taxes, uh-huh. you know, on every deal. Whereas if you think about it, you're smart, you know, then you don't have to pay as much in taxes and taxes eat you alive. You know, if you yeah. just, if you just have to grinding all the time. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I mean, that gets me fired up that goes back to like when people think that like real estate is risky like you're saying like look at you know the greats throughout history and look at real estate as an industry as a whole industry and and see how secure it is um over time you know and yeah it's just amazing what people can do and the opportunity that presents itself every single day yeah totally no think about that right like like for example if you go back and look at history look at new york city right new york city is booming you know right but it was booming back in the 1900s right mm-hmm. but the astor family right astor family started buying uh, land all around the city right dude they were the richest motherfuckers mm-hmm. ever you mm-hmm. know they got fucking monuments of them in new york city right mm-hmm. and uh here in austin you know in my mind, you if you buy property, you should keep it as long as you can, mm-hmm. unless you understand how to how to uh, take your money out and put it into another project with without uh, getting taxed out the wazoo. Because if you flip houses, you get taxed out the wazoo, so it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, you you you. My my average whenever I flip a house, I learn from flipping houses. <clears throat> And I'll tell you about this one project in San Antonio where I learned a valuable lesson as well. When you flip houses, my average take is usually about forty-five grand. Okay. Okay. And in profit. In profit. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Gross profit. Gross profit. Before, Gross profit. Before taxes, yeah. Before taxes, right? Keep in mind that that that's over usually about a three month period of time. If you do it right, man, three month period of time. That's from the day you fucking find the deal, and you 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 get the contractors lined up. And then you actually sell it for the max of what the, that you think you can sell it for, sure. right? Yeah. So you're looking at maybe a three month period of time, and you got to stay on top of the contractor. So it's not like it's not like you can just go on a vacation and you come back and you make forty grand, you right? Know? Yeah. No, you got to be there all the time, sure. Because you got to make sure that they put out product that you can sell. Mm-hmm. I mean, what if they fuck it up, man? They're they're contractors, right? They're not real estate people. They're contractors, mm-hmm. so they could fuck up like you know wood flooring. 
and you go back and say, hey, man, I'm not going to pay you for this. They're already long going to another project if you're on a vacation. So you got to be there. You know, you got to be there. So that's it. You make about 45 grand and then you pay taxes on that because if you keep it for three months, you're, you're paying income tax, right? Sure. So now you're paying 25% on top of that. So now you made 30 grand over three months. And then you're like, okay, I made 10 grand. Was that worth my time? Or sometimes it's even less if it doesn't sell in time. So now you're looking at eight grand, you know? Sometimes you're looking at less. Yeah. It's, it's a totally different ball game. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of, well, that goes back to, <clears throat> I know you're saying about like contractors, but that, I mean, a lot of people, if you build a good team, uh, maybe you could be more successful. Do you think, or would you agree with that? Like if you had reliable guys that have done work before, like people who flip houses, like yeah. that's all they do. I mean, I'm sure they have a good team that they, they trust their guys, and so some people who've been doing it for a while, you know, are able to yeah. to walk away and let just let their team do their thing. Yeah, well, I do agree with you on that, okay. right? But the thing that that bothers me about the flipping houses is that there's so many people getting into that business now. You know, everybody watches HDTV. And HDTV, house. you know. And I was trying to think. There's a company that is Damn you, um, Chip and Joanna. <laughs> uh, no, I think there's a company on Wall Street right now, man, that that's been funding to flip houses right now. Okay. You know, that's a that's a big animal. You yeah. know? And uh, that's just going to shave the margins even close, you know, thinner, right? So I don't think that's a very good business model to be flipping houses on top of it all, you know? Okay. But you will find in this business, once you get into it, you see deals that happen. You're like, dude, that's too easy. I'm going to flip it, you know? Mm -hmm. And you just do it, you know, because it just makes sense. Right. But I don't think that should be a good business model at all. Yeah. I had a house down in San Antonio I bought. Um, I walked into where um, this lady, she's an old friend, and she said to me, um, my, my son is not paying the rent there. You want to take it over? So I just walked into a deal mm -hmm. just like that. Well, you know, I had to gut the entire house, and then um, I didn't have any contractors down there that I knew. I had to move down there for about three-month period of time, made 30 grand. Was it worth it? No. No, because you're away from your family. You're away from the deals happening in the city. So you got to know what you're talking about. you got to know what you're doing. I assume you're saying, was it worth it financially? Would you say that it was worth it through the experience and through the learning process of that? Yeah. Okay. That's Don't fucking I'll... do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to ask. I mean, we, we have a couple flips going on, and I hear you. I've actually never done a flip, yeah. and, it's, and it's partly because I, I believe what you're saying. But then when you find a deal good enough, like you said, it, you can't pass it up. You can't pass it up. Right. It's just too easy. Like, dude, really? And sometimes those deals aren't just, you know, handed to you from, you know, you just walk into a deal. Sometimes they're on the MLS. You're like, what? Mm -hmm. It's too easy. Yeah. And we, we're lucky. We partnered up with some guys that are in the business of flipping. And so we just, we found the deal and they're running the whole show. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and one of the guys is a contractor. The other guy's a realtor. So we have a lot of minds thinking about how can we do this and Andrew's marketing it. Um, hopefully it works out, but I, yeah. I hear you 100%. You got to be careful. Yeah. Before we close out, I want to ask you what your goal is in life with real estate, um, with your personal life. I mean, my goal is to just own, you know, buy and hold properties that I'm collecting rent on so that you know the the goal is financial freedom or financial independence and so that i can travel with my family and, and not have to be i guess tied to a certain location or tied to a certain job what's your goal with with real estate and with you know your personal life you know it's funny you know you set a goal and once you hit those goals and you're like that was nothing let me go do something else you know let's go this this make that goal a little bit higher mm -hmm. you know so i think you said 
I think you set barriers for yourself when you say, I, I want this goal, you know, and just go for it, you know, and that's it. Because those are easily achievable in my mind, really, you know, because once you take on a risk and you, and you you hit that goal, then what, you know? For example, right? I mean, like one of my heroes is um, is a guy named by the name of Jorge Perez out of Miami, right? And he initially started flipping houses and he started learning along the way. Now he's building, he's fucking... He's a condo man out there in Miami. He's building some major things, you know, and that's in one person's lifetime. Initially, his goal was to do the same thing that you just said. Hey, let me provide an income for my family, you know. Once you hit that, then what? You Are you dead? You know, are you, are you fucking retired? What are you going to do, you know? You're gonna, where are you going to go? What are you going to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love Become I, a stoner I here in the city? <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad idea. <laughs> I always say the same thing. Like I, I don't like to have that one goal because it just puts me in a box, totally. right? And so yeah. I know that it, I'm just going to keep wanting to go after that. But yeah. I do need to define my goal a little bit more clearly. But I, I agree with you 100%. Like we've said, hey, we want to get 150 houses under management, and then we get it. And we're like, okay, now we want 500. You know, it just keeps pushing up because yeah. we're builders and we're trying to grow. Yeah, you know. From what I'm hearing from you is that like you enjoy the you enjoy the process you enjoy the grind and you don't have that one goal like you you just you love it. Yeah, I like it. You know, I like it a lot. Uh, it's a you know it's a it's a calling. You know, I For love sure. it. You know, it's a creative process as well. You yeah. Know? Each each market each little sub market's different from one to the other. You know, mm-hmm. I mean this area is a lot different than say um, Westlake. You can't do the same thing that you can do here right. that you can do there you know yeah. it just differs really mm-hmm. so the creative process is interesting you know and even when you when you're in this mindset when you take these trips man I went to Miami in, in March that's what's in my head right I went to Miami in March and uh, I have a friend over there she runs an Airbnb uh, there in South Beach and she talked to me about how she did that right and how her goals are you know so you network and you travel to other areas and then it expands your goals even further you know mm-hmm. um so I think it's very important not to not to set limitations for yourself because um, to me it's a lifelong thing. You don't. I'm not going to retire at 60, 65. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Because it's a fun, fun process. Mm-hmm. Once you get into it, it becomes fun, and it becomes, you know it's a challenge. And once you hit those challenges, you know it's a fun process. Right. It can be a grind at times, but you know at the end of the day, you look back and like, yeah, dude, I did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love it, man. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for coming. Uh, last piece of advice for people that know nothing about real estate but want to get started. Uh, if you could just give them a couple points of advice, what would you say? Buy, don't sell. Buy, don't sell. Buy, don't All right, sell. I like it, man. I like it. Awesome. Cool. Well, appreciate it, Aaron. Yeah. It was You're great. welcome. Thank you. <laughs>